0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, May 28th, 2020. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Enter the promo code lockedon at builtbar.com. Get $10 off first order. That's promo code lockedon at builtbar.com. I'm your host, Detroit Sports Journal, Nolan Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan,
1: Ethan Smith. What's going on? Thanks for having me, Nolan. It's great to be back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's uh it's great to have you here and every day at the lockdown red weeks podcast we are potentially i don't know if i should say this at the beginning of the episode i don't know if it's going to scare people away or entice them to listen further uh but we may be joined by sergio colchester friend of the program you know him you hopefully love him uh later on in the episode Uh, but if he doesn't get here in time we are for sure going to have him on a special Friday episode not 100% sure we're going to talk about yet but it's probably going to be something silly uh, something to just
1: you know just just a
0: good episode good fun episode yeah just something to
1: ride off into the sunset off into
0: the sunset off into the week to finish off your four-day week hope you guys have had a good one Uh, lots to talk about today Ethan Steve Iserman Red Wings GM giving his end of the year Press conference, two reporters, two Detroit media. Uh, lots was talked about, but like most Eisenman press conferences, he said not a lot while saying uh, a whole bunch at the same time.
1: Yeah, he's a real Matt Patricia, isn't he?
0: He is. And it's like it's but it's in an endearing way. Where he yeah. like it's it's a really strange, it's a great game that he plays because he's not disrespectful. He's not like Matt Patricia he knows time. all of
1: these reporters too. He knows all of them.
0: Oh yeah, well I mean any coach or GM is going to have is going to know the, the all the beat reporters really really well. I love it. Like I I always enjoy watching his press conferences cuz you hear a question and you're like that's not going to get answered.
1: Yeah, it's like um Helene St. James asked him a question <laughs> about Blashill and he goes I never had a conversation with him. She's like, yeah. well, do, have were, was it ever like <laughs> something that you know potentially you guys w- talked? And he's like, no, it was just. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she very, she asked yeah. It, like she, three she, ways.
0: She goes, at what point did did you tell him? He goes, I don't remember saying that I did tell him.
1: Yeah, that's what it was exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but I guess we should start there. The biggest news of the day, in my opinion, Jeff Blash will be back for his sixth season as Red Wings coach. Uh, do you have any uh, any thoughts on this? Because I think it's something that we, you know, Steve Eisenman, when he spoke to the media back in February, he kind of vaguely implied that that Jeff Blasio was the coach. But again, back then and today, he confirmed that Jeff Blasio was the coach without actually getting him to say the words, Jeff Blashel is going
1: to be our coach next year. I hope he does a great
0: job. It was just very like, yeah,
1: yeah. It really doesn't surprise me. Because mm-hmm. we're we were just such a bad team. Like I I don't I I've never really understood why. Like, are you telling me if we had John Tortorella or if we had Jesus Christ as our coach that this <laughs> team would have made the playoffs? Because we wouldn't have. It doesn't make a difference who the coach is. If we're gonna come, if we're gonna complain that, you know, maybe Brendan Perlini didn't get put on the first line for a couple weeks. I mean, that's all that it was. He doesn't have anybody to work with. So if we're going to give him some more time, he's been successful at every single level he's been a coach Mm -hmm. in hockey. So I'm not at all surprised that we're bringing him back for another year. I'm sure he's going to be back the year after that.
0: Yeah, and I just think it's uh, the – I think the way the whole situation played out is interesting because it sounds like when you have a team who are – where the Red Wings are, where and and have accomplished or uh, have failed to accomplish what they have in Jeff Blashill's tenure with the team, like common sense would say, like if you just look at the trajectory of the team, he should be fired. But there's obviously something to this guy that I don't know if it's Wings fans, I don't know if it's nationally, I don't know who isn't seeing it, but Steve Eisenman is, and Jeff Blashill, obviously a very respected. Name across all levels of hockey, even at the international level, uh, Team USA coach. I, I just think if Steve believes, then we believe. No,
1: I don't really. I really don't mean to get off topic right now, but before this podcast started, there was an ant crawling on my floor, and I pounded it like a hammer fist <laughs> on the on the carpet, and then I flicked him on the wall and he was squirming on his back, and now he's walking again. And I don't know what to think of this. That's an exoskeleton, bro. That's crazy. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. In, in Steve, we believe. I believe in Steve. I just hey, wanted- hey, also, also, also. The way he's like he was calling like Woj by his nickname and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's, I just appreciate, I was laughing during it just because like, you could tell this guy's just been here for 20 years, knows everybody took off and now he's back. and just like, Hey, how's it going?
0: Like they knew him back when he was a beauty. Like if you go back like I've been looking at a lot of just random pictures of this lately. There was not, there were very, very few cooler guys to play the game of hockey in the 1990s and 80s (laughs) and so like you have to know this guy's like sick and he's not like some just like he comes off as a curmudgeon but
1: he's you know he's not no he's not and but i mean we've heard stories on like other podcasts too of like oh this guy was actually the coolest low-key dude in the room but he could obviously just take it over on the ice and in the locker room when he needs to hey that's just that's 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 my general manager
0: <laughs> hashtag that's my general manager. Uh I don't know. It, it, I I am just curious to see like what point, at what point the decision will have to be made about Jeff Blashill and like what he's going to be looking for over the next couple seasons in terms of
1: whether or not he should keep his job. It's really going to depend on the development of the roster because I know that Steve and that's another point that we're going to bring up when they, he was questioned about Mantha and Bertuzzi that he just called them big pieces to the puzzle and that they're not going anywhere. So that's good. One, that there's not going to be any, there probably won't be any holdouts or anything like that. I think Bertuzzi and Mantha both know that they're huge pieces of this team mm-hmm. and what they're going to build around. Um, it's really going to depend on what, how this team is built. And if we can get a competitive team, I mean, definitely if we're like a bubble team in a couple years and we can't get over that hump and Illich thinks we should be or Eisman thinks we should be, that's when you'll see that decision being made to fire Jeff. But until we're a competitive team that can scrape together more than 25 wins in a season, in a full season that is, (laughs) full 82 game season i just i don't see any reason why he should even be fired it's just there's nothing he can do about it
0: now we do have to touch on the anthony mantha and tyler bertuzzi restricted free agent situation in just a minute but first i gotta talk to you about built bar it's the best tasting protein bar on the market now if you've tuned into this show before that i'm sure you know all about it last night it was about 1230 30 at night. We had just finished recording our episode. And I uh I knew that I needed a little bit of a snack. And generally speaking, my go-to is something out of the freezer, or I like to make some quesadillas. But quesadillas loaded with fat, loaded with carbs, unlike a built bar. Which is a decision I ended up making. Reach into the refrigerator, grab me a coconut almond, rip that thing down in about 10 seconds. And I was full for the entire rest of the night. You really cannot go wrong with these things. And I tell you all the time that it's best tasting protein bar on the market, but you really have to experience it to know what I'm talking about. Real chocolate, amazing flavors, and share your surprise when you eat some for the first time. I'm on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. We're on on Twitter at LO underscore Red Tweet us a picture of you eating your Bilt Bar. It's an amazing combination of low calorie, high protein, low sugar, and no crazy additives. Compared to the most popular men's protein bar on the market, it has half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. I don't know how they build something that good tasting and that good for you. But well, right now you can go to dot use a promo code locked on at checkout and get $10 off your first box. That's built bar.com promo code locked on $10 off. Do not wait. Enjoy that chocolatey deliciousness
1: right now. I'm happy you made it through this one without crying. Nolan. Thanks man.
0: It, it was a struggle. I kind of wanted to for other reasons, but we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> we do have to get into some of Steve Weiserman's comments on the free agency period today. Uh, I think a lot of what he said was common sense. A lot of what he said was stuff we already knew. The team isn't going to make any splash signings. The team is going to try to make smart, sensible deals that will help them build their young core. We have a quote here. uh, Quote, we're trying to improve the team but not do everything overnight because it could handcuff the team in the future. We need to score more goals. We need to improve defensively. We need to improve in net. We're going to improve every aspect, and it takes time to do that.
1: You notice he didn't say coaching there. But anyway, getting back to what you said. <laughs> um, so it sounds like the only way we're going to get Tory Krug is if he wants to take seven years at like six and a half million, which is fine. Well, we don't need him. Say, which you might have to with the, situation, yeah, right. <laughs> the current cap situation. Yeah, and there's all, yeah, the pandemic. And yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but this doesn't surprise me. He, he, never made really splash moves in free agency with Tampa Bay, which is great. That's exactly what I want a general manager. I it's show me a free agent signing that has worked out long-term and I'll give you a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, we've
0: talked about that extensively in the last couple of weeks about how it can just absolutely murder a team.
1: Yeah. So that on top of the fact that he makes shrewd trades, any all he you can even look back in his time at Tampa Bay. He's a great trade artist and he's in a he's a phenomenal drafter and that's exactly what, what we need right now. So I don't want I don't need a 28, 29 year old Tory crew.
0: Yeah, and I mean he he went through all, all those uh, he had all those keywords today too. We need to improve through the draft. One thing I thought was kind of interesting and we touched on the Anthony Manthe and Tyler Bertuzzi situation just a little bit ago. But the fact that he has been so reluctant to give any hard, good answers, I think his answer about Anthony Mantha and Tyler Bertuzzi, what, they, you know, what their outlook is in the Red Wings organization, to me, was one of the most assertive comments that he's made since he became the Red Wings GM. And that quote is, uh, those are some of our best players. We're not going to let them go anywhere. We'll get deals done with them. That's what, that's what you like to hear? It is yeah, what like you to like hear. to hear. And, and I just, I think it's great that he's like, cause there's times to be like that. And then there's times to be, you know, the, well, we don't know. There's a lot of moving pieces. It's a situation that's still, you know, try, still developing and we're, we're going
1: to do our best to figure it out. That's what you hear from a uh, general manager, like Stan Bowman in Chicago when he's tied up all of his money with horrible contracts already. It's really easy for Eisman to say this when he's got 25, $26 no, million dollars in cap space. No, no,
0: no. But I'm saying that that's, that's the answer Steve Eisenman gives to everything. That's the type of answer that Steve Eisenman gives to everything. And the fact that he was, he came right out and said something like that. I just, I love that from a, a general manager's uh, perspective of, he wants to make it known that his guys are his guys. I think that's, that's a genuinely is an extremely important part of building a roster and building a culture.
1: Yeah. Really just having that, that confidence in your GM to saying like hey this is this guy's part of our team he's not going to go anywhere yeah i'm here long term absolutely
0: and for those guys just the confidence of my gm went out and said you know these things i don't think anybody ever thought that steve eisman was going to let anthony mantha and tyler bertuzzi go anywhere but at the end of the day when you have a, a list of when you have a 45 minute press conference where you say a whole lot of nothing while you know speaking for 45 minutes i i just think that that's something that caught my eye was just how direct he was about that and how he kind of he used he used some superlatives in there that he doesn't typically use uh and and guarantees that he doesn't typically do when answering a lot of other questions
1: i agree do you want to uh you want to talk about Dylan Larkin being the next captain of the Detroit Red Wings?
0: <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about that. Uh Steve Eiserman did say that the plan is to name a captain before next season. I would be shocked if it's anybody other than Dylan Larkin. Uh, I think that goes without saying.
1: Look, if Dylan Larkin doesn't have a, the c on his jersey to start next year i'll get a c on my chest where his should have been and then i'll get his name tattooed on my back
0: okay you remember you said on a podcast last week that you won't wear a jersey because it it makes you uncomfortable having and wearing another man's name that's on how back?
1: sure i am that's how sure i am that he's gonna be the next
0: okay captain
1: like honestly who else would it be nolan you can't
0: well, that's, Luke, what I'm, that's what I'm Luke wondering. That's what I'm
1: wondering. Is there a dark horse candidate in anybody's mind that could be the next captain? I don't know. He called Larkin a leader in his press conference, too. So I, I just, hey, there's nobody else. It's not going to be Mantha. It's not going to be Bertuzzi. It's, it's the home, hometown boy. It has to be.
0: I think if anybody else is a dark horse, it would be Bertuzzi. But I agree. Like, st- like it's, <laughs> and that's that's personal biases. <laughs> Steve, I, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi, one of the top sixteen greatest figures in Red Wings history, as we've already covered, right, right, uh, on this show at times. But no, and like all jokes aside, though, like, Dylan Larkin is the cap. You know, Dylan Larkin is the type of hockey player that Steve Eiserman I think was when he came into the league, just the humble. Guy, maybe not anywhere near as the expectations, but kind of in a lot of ways, a lot of the same expectations where they're, the Red Wings are in a, an extremely tough time right now. And, uh, you know, Dylan Larkin has been nothing, has done nothing but handle every single bad situation with class, despite feeling that pressure, uh, despite knowing that he's letting down the hometown fans. And, yeah, I, I think it's going to look – the C is going to look great on Dylan Larkin.
1: I think so, too. Gustav Lindstrom, next captain. Oh, cider! Oh, what? I didn't even think about that. Give it to him. Give it to him. Yeah, let Jonathan Be Bernier. Yeah, give. Let Jonathan Bernier put the C on his helmet like Luongo did in Vancouver.
0: I was just gonna ask about that.
1: Why? Why? Uh, why not put the C on your chest if you're Luongo? I don't. It's actually a rule. Oh, really? Goalies can't have letters. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's one of the stupidest rules I've ever heard in my life. But it's a rule because you can't. Goalies can't go talk to the ref at center ice during a call, and that's the whole basis on it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Then, then why make a goalie your captain? Because he's the leader of the locker room. I mean, if it's still unanimously voted on by players, I mean, it's still voted on. If that's yeah, what the team wants, that's what they should on get. By players. Well, a lot of times, I mean, like I know it was in Vancouver, and that's, that's why Luongo had it. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how common that is. Uh not, not really at all. No, it's usually just like, hey, he's a great guy, he's a leader, but no, he can't be. He can't. No,
0: no, 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 not. Well, yeah, I do oh, wonder like how.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really, I'm not sure.
0: Well, I don't think the, regardless of how who who picks this. Dylan Larkin, next captain of the Detroit Red Wings prior to next season. Book it. Uh, I'm definitely going to make sure that you
1: are held to that, uh, by the way. All right, yeah. What, are you going to hold me down on the on the, te- on the artist? We'll have to. I don't know, man. I'm pretty headstrong.
0: Yeah. Well, tattoos hurt. But the good news is our friends at Mima Remedies have got you covered when you're trying to fight that inflammation, looking for that pain relief. They're a CBD company providing full-spectrum CBD hemp oil and flour. And the best part is they're owned by Michigan State alumni and Southwest Michigan residents. Their full-spectrum extract retains terpenes and flavor of hemp flour with no additives or flavoring. I've told you before, I work long days. I don't have the best back. Ever since they sent the hemp oil... To my house last week. I've been taking it every day, and I feel a million times better. All products are third-party lab tested, always below 0.3% THC. The full-spectrum CBD is from hemp organically grown in Oregon, where Mima founder Brandon Denler got his start in the industry, working with other Michigan State alums. If you're looking for a high-quality CBD products from a brand you can trust, Mima is a match made in Michigan. To celebrate Mima's first season growing their own hemp in Michigan, we are giving listeners of this show. 25% off at memoremedies.com. And it's very, very simple, Ethan, because you're going to need this once you get this Larkin tattoo.
1: I'm really, I'm looking forward to hearing what, what can I, what can I do? Enter the promo code locked on. That's all at memoremedies.com. You get
0: 25% off promo code locked on memoremedies.com 25% off. I think those all had the same amount of syllables, which is fate, which means that you should not waste a second of your time. Head on over because I think Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be the next captain. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, last thing we got to touch on for today, Steve Eiserman, like many of you, like us, does not sound too happy with the NHL's plan. Uh, so Steve Eiserman telling people, telling reporters, uh, the first I heard of it was Tuesday. I have mixed feelings about it. You knew the league would do what it felt they needed to do to make it work. So it is what it is. Does not sound too happy. I think him saying I have mixed feelings about it is the best that you're going to get out of him. And I think that there's probably no mixed feelings. He's just
1: upset. Yeah, I mean, his tone too. I mean, it didn't really leave too much to the imagination. I mean, it. it's not different from anything they've been doing since, what, 2013, 14? It's mm-hmm. not any different. Um, those teams have had a chance... You know I mean, Philadelphia jumped up before. I mean Chicago's jumped up, the Rangers jumped up. I mean it's tough it's easier to complain now because we were the team we're the team that has that the best chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, at the same time, we were crying and praying for us to jump up when we had the uh, you know sixth overall, or what, what do we have the fourth and drop down to six? Mm-hmm. When we got Zadina, so I mean it's it's a long shot, and we just gotta pray that we don't get the fourth overall pick because that would be a, that'd be upsetting.
0: Yeah, and and one other thing I want to touch on, I've been seeing a lot of people like one of the main arguments against the situ- or against the plan is the idea that teams in the qualifying round could intentionally tank to have a chance at that pick because the draft lottery is going to be done before that qualifying round. I just don't see that happening. That's to me that's a the least concern out of out of all of this wonkiness going on because the fact of the matter is any team who's placed from 4th or 5th through 8th in their conference in that qualifying round is absolutely not going to tank because they have a legitimate chance at the Stanley Cup. Any team nine through 12 who's getting into that qualifying round would have been in the lottery anyways. So I don't think that's necessarily an issue.
1: Like, I don't really get the whole like, Oh, they have a chance to win the cup and now they might get the first, like it's the teams that are in the lottery aren't in the playoffs there's a little play in round but it's just a little consolation thing to see who makes the actual play it's not no, the real thing no, no you know but i'm ups- i'm
0: upset about that aspect of it i just Why? don't think that there's going to be tanking go because it it ends up in a situation where a pittsburgh or a toronto or one of those teams can get the number 1 overall pick and i don't think that's right i don't think that i don't think it's right that it was opened up to those teams i think too many teams have a shot you're taking a team that's has undeniably has a ton of talent on it and allowing them a chance at another pick because after three months they didn't win a best of five series or however many months it's going to be, you know, the, the layoff is going to be by the time things get rolling again, because anything, this is going to be a complete crap shoot. You're going to see a lot of teams get upset. I, that's, I truly believe that in this, in this tournament.
1: Imagine if they do that first lottery and like two of those teams from the second half, what is it, 8 through 15, jump up into the top three. NHL that's Twitter is going to blow up. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But
0: like, and that, that's, like, kind of what I was talking about is that, like, people will be upset about that, you know, like, worried about tanking and stuff like that. But I don't think anybody's tanking in this situation. It's a
1: best-of-five series. Like, there, oh, there's not enough
0: time to no, assess and tank
1: and all that They won't stuff. tank. No, they're not going to tank. But, like, the lottery was built so teams don't tank. And it's an impossible thing to do if you're trying to rebuild a team like Buffalo has been for the last 10 years. And Edmonton has. So you can see where th- some of the faults are in the draft lottery. But I mean, at the same time, Toronto tanked for a couple of years and they picked up Marner, Will uh, William Nylander. then they got Austin then Matthews they the first time. Got the number time, one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, and that's about it. So, like it's just it's kind of just luck, man.
0: Yeah. You're not wrong. I just think there's so many things to think about with this whole thing. And we'll go over to, uh, you know, we'll go over it more probably going into next week. I, I know I said we were going to have Ted Coffin on today's show, but he unfortunately was a little bit swamped with all the Eisenman news coming out. We love your work, Ted. So we look forward to having you on. I know you're probably not out there listening, but if you are, on the off chance, uh, look forward to seeing you. And we look forward to seeing you, the listeners, tomorrow. On Friday, like I said, we, we don't necessarily know what we're going to be coming to you guys with, but it's going to be something fun to head off into the weekend. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you like to listen. Have that ready for you when you wake up. Uh, and then lastly, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings, Instagram at Red Wings, and we're on Facebook as well. So hit us up on there. Tell us what your thoughts are about Steve Eisenman's end-of-the-season press conference we will see you guys right back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. Ethan, do you have any uh, closing
1: thoughts? See you tomorrow. That was weak. Sorry. See you tomorrow. The
0: people deserve better than that.
1: All right. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. How about that? Perfect.